All right. Welcome back to season two. Take two, season two, episode 14. Do you hear that, Jesse? What? (laughs) Do you hear that? That sound. What was the sound? Oh, I heard some like shh sound. It's all right. No, all good. I couldn't hear it. But uh, yeah, geez, we started before and the Wi-Fi signal was so bad on my pocket Wi-Fi that we Mm. had to start. So that was fun. Mm. Yeah, exactly. It's always fun. this is sounding better. Hopefully this works better. Uh, yeah. Because what happens if we get 35 minutes in and then. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that well, and that's up. it. That's it, isn't it? That's I it. This stupid is the rigors of podcasting, the problems, the first world problems stupid of Zoom, podcasting. Stupid lockdown. Ugh, mm, exactly. Messing us up. I just want to, I just want to, I just want to feel it in real life, you know? I, just I know. Wanna, I see it in real life. I just don't, yeah. can't, I don't do this fake shit, you know, I don't like this <laughs> over the, over the, over the airwaves kind of bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean, I was like, well, I like the real human connection that I, I feed off your yeah. energy. Do you? Yeah. But when we're in no. our lounge room, you feed off my energy? No, really. No. <laughs> <laughs> feed off my own energy. Yeah. I bring the energy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Just had a sip of my tea. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm all right. I love lockdown. Okay. Yeah, they're all right. Well, Grab it four, doing better. well Pam, I have, don't, don't play this weekend, so. We're number three. <laughs> well, you're, you're tied third with Parramatta. Yeah, we beat yeah, you. Yeah. So, yeah. really, for and against. Yeah, well, still we early days, still midway through the season. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyways. Lockdown's uh, still happening. And Ash Barty won last night. So I know. Good. good on her. That was really good. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, heaps good. Did you watch the whole thing? No, no, no. I, I was watching Black Widow last night for the pod. Oh, committed to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't, if I don't you were really smart, know. you would have watched that the day before and then I don't care night. to watch Ash Barty, to be honest. Oh, why is that? Cheap win. Naomi Osaka didn't play. Serena Williams went down injured in the first game. Oh, did she play? I didn't think she played. No, in like the first 10 minutes, she tore a hamstring. Oh, wow. Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. So well, you can um, only play what's in front of you, so I can't yeah. begrudge anyone of that. It's not her fault that Naomi Osaka didn't play. Like, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's her own. That's her own. That's Naomi Osaka's own fault. Like, her own issue. Yeah. So, well, anyway, should we get started? Yeah, sure. Um, so, with Flick or Stick, we're going to do the first one is David Harbour discussions on returning as Red Guardian. Mm. Yeah, like I like that? it a lot. Me yeah, too. I like it a lot. And we'll, I really we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it later in our review as to why, like, probably yeah. like we like it a lot more, probably more yeah. in depth about it. But yeah, no, I think for me, he was easily the standout of the movie mm. for me personally. He's such a good character. I think he was like really great. Um, the, he came in just the right time too. Like, he mm. came in with, um, like, I felt like the movie was kind of getting a bit flat. And then like, he brought that extra he little brought this kind of extra energy, yeah, just this yeah. push, yeah, that the movie kind yeah. of needed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, have, and, yeah, what were you going to say? It's important to have a character like that, I feel, in these movies, someone that adds humour and also just like a, a fresh dynamic to a to a group, I guess. And would, Yeah, exactly, really yeah. What you're saying. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was just like, yeah, he just, he added like a really, fre- like, yeah, good dynamic, fresh dynamic is yeah. what you said. Um, yeah, he was quite funny too and, He's the com- he was the comedic, I guess, yeah, element of sure. the film. Yeah. From the moment, um, well, I wouldn't say the moment he was first in the film because when he was the dad, he wasn't so funny. But um, when mm. you first see him in that prison and he's just <laughs> talking yeah, about. Yeah. yeah, in, yeah. Um, arm in, what do you call it? Arm wrestling, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, no, he was he was great. I thought he was great in the movie. I, I liked I like him as an actor. I like he's a really good actor. I like Stranger Things, so mm. I really enjoy him in that. Um, yeah, no, I, I, there's nothing bad about that. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, it was, and I, and um, yeah, he, he was great. A great great actor in that movie. Yeah, he's a, the, one of the standouts for me. Yeah, definitely. I really like. Yeah, me too. Definitely stick. But I was going to say, I really like him as an actor as well. Um, you know, he hasn't really done much up until Stranger Things. And that's... He'd done a lot more like supporting. Element. Like he wasn't really a, like a noted actor. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And now he's done Stranger Things and it really pushed him to the forefront of, you know, showing mm. acting talent. Yeah, exactly. Being a part of the MCU, I'd love to see him stick around and see his career build from there as well. Um, I'd like to see his relationship with... Um, Sam Wilson, the new Captain America. Yeah. That'd be- there's, definitely, there's definitely some history that he alludes to in the movie between him and the original Captain America. Hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what would happen if those two yeah. met up now. Or or maybe if Chris Evans was um like wanted to come back as like an old man Captain America if they saw each other and talk hmm. or whatever, because there's always this there, yeah, this is like apparently this is like history that's alluded to, but yeah, I, don't know. I know it's funny when he goes really confirmed. Did, uh, did Captain America ever talk about me? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I picked that line though. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, as soon as he was like, he's like Natasha, Natasha. Did you ever talk about? I, I knew that's what he was gonna say. So as soon as he started getting quiet, I was just like, that's exactly what he's gonna say. Which didn't mean it wasn't funny, but I was just like, yeah, means that I'm as funny as them, evidently. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. You should be a Marvel writer. <laughs> I pitched you my movie the other day. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> my, oh, my I won't give it away. Movie. No, no, don't, don't do give that. it away. If you want to pitch it's a great it. idea. Someone might it's steal a their idea. idea. <laughs> but yeah, I really like him as a character. Um, what he brought to that movie and hopefully what he can bring to to the rest of the MCU um mm. will be really good. So definitely stick that news. And what about you? Stick it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, stick it. Um, and then moving on, we've got Greta Gerwig uh to team up with Margot Robbie to make a Barbie movie. Mm. So yeah, this has been on the cards for a while. Um, mm. Like this Barbie movie's been announced for a little bit now. Um, I didn't know Greta Gerwig was doing it, but now that yeah. she, I've never actually, I've never actually watched any of her movies, but I know she's oh, a good really? director. Yeah, no. You haven't seen I've, Lady I've Bird or Little Women? No, I haven't. I haven't watched those yet. Right. Um, but yeah, I've been like, I've, I've seen her in stuff. Like I've seen her in, in acting things. I just yeah. haven't seen her in, in like direct anything. Um, so I mean, like, I'm only going off what I like the reviews and her mm. award kind of credentials. So, yeah. So, yeah, she's a, she's a good director, evidently. Like, she's I think she's been nominated yeah, for best I director. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. She's so she's no slouch. And I think this is a cool uh, for for a Barbie movie. It's kind of I wouldn't have expected her to be the one to do it, but now that it is her, yeah. I see. Who do you think was going to do it? Well, I don't know. I didn't, I couldn't really picture, but then picturing Greta Gerwig as directing that movie, it wouldn't, it didn't seem right. What? Like I wouldn't have thought of her, but now that she yeah. is named to be doing it, I'm thinking, I'm, oh, she might give it something fresh and artistic and new that you wouldn't have got like with another director. I feel this movie yeah. can easily go down that cliched route, but she's, she's very, very good at doing a nice, um, indie film and capturing some some emotion that you wouldn't have pictured in the film mm. and so i think she'll be really good and especially margot robbie obviously playing barbie i'd assume i don't think she's playing barbie oh i think that's what i was about to say i think i think it's a biopic i think it's how they made barbie 
So it's like That's a Jerry Pop Tart situation. Yeah, but it's probably a bit more interesting because you know, <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure. Let me just. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Right. Um, yeah, because I remember. I, I remember thinking the same thing. I was like, I mean, if it was Margot Robbie as Barbie, I mean, that, that'd be interesting. But I'm pretty sure, like, it's um. Right. It's, okay. It's actually, it's actually about the making of Barbie. Well, that makes more sense. Well, let me just check. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not too sure, but like. Whenever you type in Barbie movie, you just get like fucking the, the, Barbie the and Barbie the Duck films, yeah. Barbie and fashion fairy tale. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite Barbie movie? Rapunzel. You like the Rap- Rapunzel one. <laughs> that was good. I that was the one. only one I've ever seen. I had that on DVD. <laughs> I had that one on DVD, and it was amazing. Hmm. Um, well, the lit though. Huh? This the lit. I love the Barbie films. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't exactly say that I, I know them too well. But like, yeah, I, it doesn't really say much about what it's actually about. Right. Um, it could be about, it could be like what you're saying, an actual mm. Barbie movie, or it could be the making of. Yeah. Which I should probably prefer the actual Barbie movie. It probably yeah, makes more sense for thinking. her to make a Barbie movie, like with actual Rather Barbie as a character. Making the Barbie. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's probably a bit more like juicier to. Yeah. I mean, I can Dude. see it going both ways, like a, a founder situation in, in having a movie about the making of Barbie, but then also a Barbie film with Margot Robbie would also make sense. So mm. I think there are ways that this could go wrong, but also plenty of ways for it to go right with the cast and also the director. And so is she writing yeah. it as well? Probably. I assume yeah. she's written all her she, projects. Yeah. Wait, no, it's, I don't think it is being written by her. I'm going oh. off my memory. I think it's being written by her husband. Husband Noah. Oh, okay, Bombach. Noah Bombach. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's fine. I was um, going to say I, that's weird because I think usually... I'm just going off. I'm just going off vibes here. I don't really. Like... <laughs> <laughs> but no, she's a great. She's a great writer. So I'd assume if it's her husband yeah, writing to, it, she's in co-written. Yeah, co-write the script. Yeah. So they're both great writers in their own right. So great writers mm. in their own right. <laughs> yeah. There you but, go. Um, pun. Pun action. But no, so I, I don't see anything wrong with it. I can see maybe it might flop, but I, I have enough faith in Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie and Noah Bombach to deliver a good film. What about you? Well, this will be the biggest movie. Like, it'll, it, it'll, because it's such a, it's such a big, um, like, uh, like, entity, this whole Barbie thing. You know, everyone knows Barbie. So yeah. this is definitely going to be the biggest movie. So it'll be interesting to see how she makes that leap from, small indies that don't really have a lot of um, hype to doing a movie that's going to have hype. Yeah, it yeah. adds a bit of pressure, hey, because a lot of her films catch people by surprise, apart yeah. from Little Women, that was always it, big. But It'll be like, interesting to see if she balances, like, what kids know as Barbie to what adults see as Barbie. Mm. So which which direction she's going to take, because either way she's going to disappoint someone. If she takes a more adult route, Kids aren't going to go see it. So, yeah. but if she takes a more kid route, she could do it like a, one of those Pixar movies, like you know, yeah. like kid movies, but really have massively deeper themes to them. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that'd be the route I'd want to take. Definitely. But yeah, yeah, it's like you got to pick one. Do you lean more to one, like one side than the other? Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's very. True. That will be the I that will be the challenge of the movie. I think they're gonna they would lean more to an adult side, just because I feel her. And Margot Robbie aren't really gonna. They could, but I feel like they're not gonna cater to a to a ten year old crowd. Yeah, but a Barbie movie that's not about maybe like, like tailored to like Barbie, 16, do you know what I mean? fifteen plus. 
the way I see it, it's probably going to be like a coming of age movie. That's what I reckon. Yeah. Um, that would be the best way to do it, to kind of have the best of both worlds. But you've yeah. got to, it's like I said before, like Barbie's this massive, like yeah, this, this massive thing. Like everyone knows Barbie, like everyone. Mm-hmm. So, and it's a child's thing. So you've got to lean to, a little bit towards that, you know? Yeah, you do. Um, to make it completely like an adult movie would be to, I think, a massive shot in the leg. Like they'd be shooting themselves in the foot. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, yeah. You, like you're fucking up as soon as you start because it's not for adults. Barbie isn't an adult's thing. Yeah, or, but it could but, also, but the way the yeah. movie made could also be tailored to an adult. Like, and yeah, I mean, get yeah. interested and like it. I feel like adults will go see it regardless. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of hard to kind of say that without knowing too much about the movie. There's no plot details. I don't even know if it's going to be about yeah. Barbie. It could be about the making, like. I think the making lot- of Barbie probably be more, more like adult themed, yeah. like in terms of like visually and story wise. I was going to um, say, I think the the trailer will show a lot from the trailer. That's how audience will pick if they're going to go watch it, and mm. we'll know from that point whether it's going to be an adult or a kid film. Mm. So I think there's a lot riding on the trailer as to the target audience. Yeah, me. Um, and also good move on on Greta Gerwig. I feel. It was always coming since she got a bit of hype around Lady Bird and it, that not so indie big budget film was seemingly going to happen soon, right? And mm-hmm. so um, I think it's a good move on her and also Noah Bond. Kinda, she kind of reminds me of um, like Ben Affleck. Like Ben Affleck did these like, he did Gone Baby Gone and mm. then he did The Town and then he got his like bigger movie, big budget movie with Argo. Mm. Kind of reminds yeah. me of that. Like she did Lady Bird. Then she did Little Women, and now she's doing the bigger one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which, like, it's not big, but it's bigger than what she's Much done. Bigger Same than with, like, anything. Argo. Like, bigger. Yeah. Argo is not the biggest movie of all time, but it's bigger than what he did before. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it kind of reminds you of that. Yeah, for sure. What, is there much other casting that's come out, or is it just we know Margot Robbie um, will be in it and that's yeah, it? Yeah, I'm not too sure. I think it's just Margot Robbie for now. Yeah. It maybe won't come out for another year and a bit. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, like they could start production later this year. I mean, yeah. if they're all tapped and they've got and they've co-written a script, they probably could, and it could come yeah. out late next year. Yeah, yeah. But I'd be predicting it comes out like, yeah, next year or or yeah. early twenty twenty three. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I stick it. What about you? Yeah, I like it. I stick yeah. it for sure. Um, and then moving on, we've got Russell Crowe. Rusty is mm. opening up an Australian film production company. Um, going to be called Aussie Wood, or maybe it's just yeah, how original. kind of catchphrased Aussie Wood. Right. Um, and I think it's pretty cool. It's going to be focusing on on like you know Australian movies and building that industry here. But he wants to move it in a way that's not so Australian. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. It, taking Australia to the world in that sense. Yeah, and I think and that's bringing really the world good. to Australia rather than like. Yes. Australian productions having productions done in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah. it's smart. It's perfect timing with all of this COVID stuff. A lot of films have been shot in Australia. Um, mm. So I think it, it's great timing. Um, I like it personally as an up and coming actor. It's a lot of hope there, you know. Mm. Um, of jobs, jobs going there. Yeah. Jobs, but also. Be a tree. Yeah. Be a tree. <laughs> you always say that. Dream. No one plays a tree. John, um, <laughs> if I'm playing a tree or something, yeah. but um, no, I think I think it's really <laughs> cool, like to to do that and move that um, 
to to Australia and to try and build an international base here and put out some quality quality stories because let's face it, Australia oh, isn't really known for putting out quality. Uh, I'm oh, going to say that. What? I don't oh, care. Speak my mind. Biting the I'm hand not. that feeds you, eh? That's what you're doing. <laughs> haven't fed me yet. So <laughs> you've been feeding, don't worry. You've been eating, you've been feeding. They've been but, uh, feeding you, you've been eating it. You know, but it's true. We're known for not putting out that, that great stuff. And so it would be cool to see mm-hmm. what he can do with his connection. It's debatable. No, it's I know not. what you mean by that comment. Yeah. I think I think I in terms of Australian in terms of Australian movies, um, the kind of big like um they do these like family friendly big movies yes. all the time in Australia. And, and, and even they don't really TV land very shows- well like like neighbors and home and away and that stuff like it, it's crap to me and we can put out good films like if you go back and watch you know two hands yeah, and, and things you're, like that. you're comparing yeah, apples of oranges a little bit <laughs> like neighbors and neighbors and home and away are supposed to be like that and so and they're very popular abroad so i like i see what you're saying like they're not exactly like you know hbo series and stuff like that but at the same time like they are what they are and they exist for what they exist in. I but I do agree with you. Like, um, I mean, there's been, I mean, there's been some Australian shows that have been right. Like when Underbelly first came out, that was really big. And that was actually pretty good the first season and a bit. And then it kind of got into a bit like ridiculous, repetitive territory. Mm. Um, but I mean, Australian productions for me um, have always been the bet, have always been the best when they're about crime, like um, yeah. Animal Kingdom. Um, movie Snowtown, um, just when they're darker, do you know what I mean? Yeah. The Nightingale, uh, The yeah. Babadook, just, these yeah. movies are all really quite dark and I think Australian movies do that really well. Because but that's I, I story, think, I think. But I think also they don't, it's not exactly good tourism when the, the best movies you have are about the, the worst crimes ever yeah. done in Australia. No, we need, we need a good rom-com, do these big budgeted, These yeah. big budgeted um, kind of friendly, friendly movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We need to, you need to get, appeal uh, to people. You want people to come. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to like push people away. <laughs> yeah, but. no, that's that's true. But I think it's good. I think it. Hopefully, he can build something from it. Um, I'm guessing he's going to be investing a lot of money into it to to kickstart. Well, he's not the only one behind it. Of course not. One man yeah. can't can't create. Yeah, he can't own thing. South Sydney and then. Be pumping and money, a lot of money into that, and then be pumping money into this. Um, he's probably not a billionaire, but he's got—he's probably just like the face. Yeah, and like probably has a bit of something to do with it. But and I connections, think, I think. Yeah, and that—he's that definitely not like. Yeah, big he, he honcho. Been, yeah, but he has been focusing on on Australian stories, like him being part of a uh, true history of the Kelly Gang, and those things. Yeah. He's, he's tried to be. Um, He's trying to kind of bring it back to Australia now. And, and well, his own movie, back. The Water Diviner, was about like Anzacs, essentially. I'm, I'm yeah. sure. I never saw. I never saw it, but I'm, it was about like World War One or Two, whatever right. one. But yeah, but to do with like Australians and the war, and I think it was like finding his sons or something. I can't remember exactly what it was about, but yeah, yeah. I mean, he really loves this country for someone who's not really Australian. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> He's Australian. He is. He's a New Zealander, <laughs> but he's Australian. He's a fake Australian. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, yeah definitely, good. It's definitely good. See, because he has very close relationship with Chris Hemsworth and the Hemsworth brothers. Um, and and well, that's also, the thing now, isn't it? And also the- with Taika Waititi. So if he can bring them, and they seem to be invested in Australia too, especially Taika Waititi being Maori and being very invested in Indigenous cultures as well. 
if they could maybe team up it and create more things there to kickstart it. Because if you have Taika Waititi directing something and Chris Hemsworth in something, you know it's going to be huge and it's going to mm-hmm. go international. So I think mm-hmm. that'll be cool to see if he can get them on board and invested. And I don't think he would have started this and really publicized it much if he hadn't had interest from some of those big names. Well, there's also tax write. There's, there's a thing that like productions do that they, they come down here and there's like tax write-offs and things like that. Right. And so um, it makes it more appealing for like Hollywood movies to come mm-hmm. down here and shoot because of yeah. the taxing around here. Yeah. Um, and and also Australia is really good. Like I, I don't know if you know this, but like a lot of the Marvel movies do a lot of their visual effects in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so whenever you lot of credits, you can see at the very end like Screen Australia and then like th- yeah. they do all like their, yeah. their stuff in like Melbourne. I can't remember where, but no, they do a lot of like, like visual effects here. So We've had heaps of big films shot here like um, The Matrix and- <laughs> Great um, Gatsby. Great Gatsby. Star Wars, uh, the prequels were shot in, shot yeah. in um, Fox Studios. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've also um, got um, uh, what? If, why well, am I Thor Ragnarok? Thor Ragnarok. Thor, but, but, uh, Wolf- Wolverine. Oh, the Wolverine. Was it? Was it just the Wolverine? The Wolver- yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Where they shot Which is it funny because it was it's set in Japan and Japan. Japan. Gatsby, like they're and set they in used- like Japan, New York, and they're, they're shooting. <laughs> and they use the the Chinese Garden of Friendship in Darling <laughs> Harbor as this Japanese temple. Have you Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah. the movie, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Darling Harbour, well, Japanese well. temple, bunch of monks. Yeah, right. You can polish a turd then, can't you? <laughs> you can, actually. <laughs> <laughs> they make Australia look pretty damn cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, ah, oh, jeez, I'd love to go there. It's, just it's true. Backyard. It's like you watch a movie in America and you go, oh, I'm going to LA. Then you get to LA and go, this place is not that great. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know how like in movies they they do like, um, additional sounds so um so in order to get like the sound of like a horse stomping they do like something else to make it sound like it yeah so you don't actually use a horse stomping that's no. kind of what it's like no it's like Re- really come down to good. new york because new york's not really new york it's australia is more new york than new york you know what I, mean? I, I know mean, like matrix is like. chicago somehow is I, I don't think matrix is supposed to be anywhere else like I, I know it's not in Australia, but because it's like a simulated. Thing. They had, um, they had Chicago PD. Oh, really? On the cop, yeah. Oh, I can't remember that. Chicago oh, yeah. PD, like it's not like a big thing, but you can read yeah. it. <laughs> I just figured they use Australia because it's not like America, mm. and that way they can use it as like a simulated place. You yeah, know? right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I stick that for sure. Like I have no problems yeah, with what he's doing yeah, for sure. Yeah, maybe you know we, if we can review more movies from this production company, then it's more views in our pocket. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so thank you, Rusty. Yeah, thank you, so Uncle maybe, Rusty. Maybe we need to send him an email and go, "Hey, get us on board as your first media personnel," and also yeah. maybe chuck in a chuck in a role or two or three or four. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine playing a tree or something. <laughs> yeah, give me the leading man. I'll play the first. Oh, yeah. uh, the That's first pretty easy. Yeah, that is given to anyone these days. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, but no, I, I stick it, so I'm happy with that. Um, moving on, do you want to take us away with the movie that we'll be reviewing this episode? I will take you away with it. I will take you away with the movie. Blow me away, John. <laughs> Excuse me. What you say? <laughs> sort of I sounded different when to the the headphones that like you just did. Did a glitch? Yeah. 
yeah, it sounded weird. I, I don't want to do that. I'll tell you about the movie. Buy me dinner first or something. <laughs> now, so we're doing Black Widow, which is the new Marvel movie that just got released. That stars David Harbour, Rachel Weisz, Ray Winston, or Winstone, however you want to pronounce it. Um, Florence Pug, boom, um, and Scarlett Johansson. And it's practically, well, it's basically set between um, Civil War and Infinity War. And it kind of tells a story of a bit of like an origin story to Black Widow. And yeah, it's like a it's like, out I don't know, story. Yeah, it flushes out her Let's story. But it's it's also a backstory. Yeah, it just makes her more of a complete character within the whole uh, realm of the Marvel Universe. And as we know, she died. So this movie kind of helps to kind of cement her legacy. And if you, or cement the, yeah, the legacy she had and the, the legacy that she had. And perhaps also if you went to watch back Endgame, more of an emotional impact. Yeah. And so basically the story is um, she's on the run because of the events that happened in Civil War. And she gets sent this box um, thing that contains this, this mind-controlling agent thing. Yeah. And uh, or mind-controlling diffuser, like diffuser's mind control, um, from her adopted sister, um, who's played by Florence Pug. And she goes to um, kind of help her out and things ensue. That's kind of like basically the yeah. movie. Um, yeah, go. I was going to say, I really liked, um, you know, we were just talking about then how it, it it fleshes out her story and allows you to have more impact and more empathy towards um, Black Widow. But mm-hmm. also by doing that, they've also brought in a couple of new characters. And I think this movie should be getting a lot of credit for adding something fresh to the MCU and not just from this movie alone the characters they've added to this movie will make the MCU much better going forward. Yeah. Which and, ones are that? Well, you've obviously got red guardian and um, Florence Pug's character, uh, Helena. Yelena. Yelena. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's just adding a lot more to the MCU where they're not allowing it to get stagnant moving forward. Um, mm. And so I think it's perfect how they give a, a character a movie to allow us to get more insight into her. And by getting more insight into her, we get introduced to more characters who can then yeah. allow it to grow even bigger. Well, I think you can compare this movie to a few Marvel movies, you know. You can um I think you can compare it a lot to Captain Marvel in the sense yes. that it's a story because Captain Marvel got released after Infinity War, but it's set before Infinity War. Do you know what I mean? So you can compare it in that sense, but you, I think you can also heavily compare this movie to um, Winter Soldier. It's pretty yeah. much, I think, out of all the Marvel movies, it's it's very similar to Winter Soldier in its story beats. Um, even like even up to like the villain, you know, Taskmaster is Taskmaster is a lot like Winter Soldier in a yeah. way. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, and Ray Winston kind of plays a similar character to um, Alexander Pierce, played by um, Robert Redford. Mm. So you can really, there's a lot of story beats there, which isn't a bad thing um, because Winter Soldier is a great movie. So if you're going to steal something, you know, you got to do that. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, Um, I think the movie is quite good. Uh, I would have preferred this movie to come out while the character was still alive. I think because if it comes out then, then when she dies in Endgame, it's a a whole nother level. You know what I mean? It makes more sense. 
Yeah. And then it makes more sense that when she dies, because kind of in, in Endgame, while it was like a really great decision to kind of kill her off or just like an emotional decision anyway. It wasn't if you had so that movie, hard. Yeah. yeah. If you had that movie come out before, like then it, it it's massive. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a bigger thing. Because Black Widow's be been thinking, a good character. You would also know who Yelena is. So then when she dies, you'd also be thinking of her. Yeah, you know, exactly. But then again, and it makes everything bigger and better. And yeah, I understand what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, but then again, like, you know, if you do that movie before, then there's an expectation to kind of bring Yelena perhaps into Endgame as well, which yeah. I don't think they had to do, but they don't have to do that. But there's also, there could be that expectation. But I think, yeah, I, I think personally, if it came up before she died, um, then- it would have been, it's it's a better it's a better movie. Yeah. Uh, Endgame's a better movie anyway. Um yeah, I, I liked it. I did like it. I mean, there's some issues I had with it. I think I think it started I think they picked their moments when to introduce characters really well in this movie. Like like I was saying before, um the movie started getting a bit flat. Oh yeah. Um and just just as when I thought it was getting a bit flat, um, then David Harbour comes in and just revitalizes the whole movie and just re-energizes the movie with such a really charismatic performance. Um, he's really quite funny. Um, I thought a bit of the jokes in the movie were a little bit predictable. Yeah, that's um, what I was thinking throughout the film. The one knock, I don't have much wrong with it. I really enjoyed it. But one yeah. knock that I can give it is that uh, Marvel, in a way, dropped the eight ball with their humor in this one. I find yeah, that it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yes. it's, not, it's not so MCU-like Yeah, humor. I think that the humor is very MCU, but I think we've just come to expect to expect that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I've come to expect that. Like like I was saying before, like um, when he was when Red Guardian was talking to Natasha, and um, he was he got he he got like quite he's like Natasha, Natasha, did you ever mm. speak about me? And I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, because like it was like a very um, what do you call it? It was a very what do you call that? Uh, like it was set up. The joke was very set up. You yeah, I mean? right, like you could, right. you could, you could tell that was going to happen, um, and I, I also think some of the story, um, like surprise elements, are a bit predictable as well. Yeah, um, I don't know if we'll go into spoilers or anything like that, but I predict I actually knew the twist or some of the surprises in the movie from the opening credits. Yeah, right. how? Yeah, I, I don't want to give anything away. <laughs> like <clears throat> when I was. Because I like I've, I'm like I love movies, so I always look up movies on my phone and look at the Wikipedia and see who's in the cast and stuff. Yeah, and um, and I was familiar with who was in this movie, and then when the credits came up, a name appeared, and I was like, and it's someone who's famous, and I was like, well, she's relatively famous, um, and I was like, oh, that person, like, I I, I don't remember reading that person was in this movie, and then I was like, oh, that's probably who it is. Yeah, and I picked it. And I was like, and it was true. And, and and even then, like, it got confirmed throughout the movie, like little hints here and there. And I was like, oh, that's, yeah. it's, it's kind of, yeah, I, I figured it out. I figured it out yeah. pretty quick, <laughs> which isn't yeah. bad. It's still good. Um, But I, you know, I did like a lot. And I think that I think this movie has a lot of timely elements to it. Like it's, you could, I think you can draw a lot of comparisons to, um to this movie and the Me Too movement. I don't know if you yes, noticed that. Which, which is, yeah, exactly. And that's yeah, with I, the Ray Winston character, yeah. especially when I they're talking to, in the room. Like, yeah, he's. And said, that's what like, I wanted to talk about, with, like, especially in this podcast, is the the power behind having a film like this and having mm. two um, lead female characters 
uh, and and some of the conversations they can have, it's very tied to the Me Too movement and very, they've progressed a lot. And actually in an interview, Scarlett Johansson is saying, even in Marvel, 10 years ago, if they were to make this film, Mm. it would have just been about two girls trying to get on top of each other and win the power Mm -hmm. battle, you know? And she said, Mm -hmm. but that's not how girls are. She's like, when two girls are together and talking, it's not like that. And so they were able to bring in, especially with a female director and writer, it's kind of, they're able to bring in that extra female element and, and tell a true tale of, of, of women. And that's only just starting to be done to its full extent nowadays. And yeah. So I think it was really good. And Scarlett Johansson put a lot of thought behind it, especially as a producer. And in the interview, mm-hmm. you really see her, she really felt the weight of this film and the importance of having females, uh, what's it? Presented that in a film yeah, um, right. and even Florence Pug as well. So I feel like they were all very much briefed and they all really talked about it and wanted this film to, to have a great message and tie to that Me Too movement mm. and to the female empowerment going on now. Yeah, and I think the Ray Winston character gets presented as a lot like a Harvey Weinstein kind of. I don't know if you, if you got that from him, but I definitely got that vibe. Yes. Especially in that scene when at the end when they're talking um. Uh, Natasha and him are kind of having a confrontation and he says things like, oh, I gave them a life and things like that. And you can kind of mirror that to the fact that Harvey Weinstein, you know, promised in the roles. women roles on the on the basis of that he would, yes. like, you know, if he got something from them, he would give them something like this power that they could have over the yeah. world because like, and this influence that they wouldn't have had before unless they did things for him, which is yeah. kind of, it was like really weird. Like as soon as it started talking, I was like, this is very very timely. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a very timely movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought it was, I thought like that was really good. I yeah. really, really liked that. And I think that's where it's kind of separated itself a little bit from winter soldier. I think winter soldier to- like has themes of like um, privacy and things like that, but it's not as personal um, yeah. as the, as that kind of exchange between Ray Winston and, and Scarlett Johansson, that that was like a really, really, really good um like dynamic that they had in that scene and, and the way that they presented it was really, really good too. I, I really enjoyed that a lot. Just gives you something else, you know, just gives you like a little something different to, to the movie, yeah. which is, you got to applaud Marvel for that too. You know, that's a, that's a big, that's a big thing right now. Yeah. And this movie, this movie probably had a big, would have had a bigger impact um, had this come out when it was supposed to come out like last year. Yeah. That was probably, it's it, not that me too's finished. But like, but it was it was, it was probably more in its, its about and and trendy. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. it's probably more. It was probably more within that time frame as opposed to now, considering yeah. that we're all in COVID and that's kind of the not the flavor of the month, but it's just kind of like the big thing that's happening right now. Yeah. But I mean, it's st- it's still massive. Like it, it was still great to have the movie. But yeah, yeah. I think perhaps when it came out, it would have had this even bigger impact, which is kind of something that is it's running throughout the whole movie. You know, had this movie come out a few years ago. It would it would have had a bigger impact bigger, within the Marvel yeah. universe, and then if it came out last year, it yeah. would have had a bit more of a social impact. Yeah, and um, even if, even if it came out last year, what we were talking about with the death of um, Natasha is that because it's a bit more fresh, you would be, I guess, more invested in her character because she just died the year before, mm. and so you're there yeah. watching it straight away after. Whereas now it's been a little bit we've had time to adjust and breathe and, you know, it's sunk in and we're not really fussed about it too much anymore. Mm. So I think it would, yeah, all round would have had a bigger impact, but I guess that's for yeah. a lot of the films coming out now due to the pandemic. Did you find that some of the characters characters in this movie were like a little bit, um, 
Like you just didn't know who they were. Like I, the, there's the character of that that guy who, guy who getting the, get, the getting the things, and I, I thought that he was a he was. I don't know if they're going to set him up later in the movies, but I thought he yeah. was a little bit pointless in this movie. I didn't even know who he was. Yeah, they didn't I really tell me anything point, about that. And they were friends, but he seemed to like be into her or something in the beginning. Yeah, but I just didn't <laughs> understand that, like, yeah. like who he was. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I was yeah, like, me either. Like he. Yeah, I, he just kind of appears out of nowhere and he's like, yeah, I that was this shit. I'm just I like, okay. When I was watching it, I'm like, have I seen this guy in a Marvel film before? Am I just forgetting? Or is this guy just yeah. totally pointless? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's point. Like, yeah, I mean, like in the movies, pointless. I mean, if they build him up Pointless, later. useless. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Which one's worse? Um, but yeah, I thought like, yeah, I just didn't really understand his his thing in it. Um, I thought like the villains were a little bit not as intimidating. They're, they're kind of they're kind of a little bit above, but slightly but, but a lot below. Like the the new villains, like you know the new the newer Marvel villains like Thanos, um, yeah, Killmonger and things like that. They all and the Vulture and things and him and characters like that. They they're all like a class above the last um, the the earlier on villains. I think that kind problem. of. They Is kind of come back, yeah. Once you like, they, the, yeah, the villains, um, like these movies, like this movie, their villains are a little bit above the earlier villains. Do you know what I mean? But they're yeah. not like that great. Yeah, I feel like that's a problem. Once you've brought in a villain like Thanos and those ones, as it's like. Every other villain the, is a um, bit of a letdown because you're like, oh, mm-hmm. he's not that threatening. If the Avengers were around, they'd demolish him in a second. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, was, like, I was thinking about it. They're like, um, because if you like, I was thinking about why the Avengers don't come in and handle every situation. But if you yeah. think about it, like during this Black Widow movie, the shit in Spider-Man Homecoming is happening in America. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, they can't, they can't be everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I think also what Black, much world Black Panther's happening as well. Do you know what I mean? Black Panther's happening as well. I know. And it's it's crazy to, like, to really kind of connect the, the time. Mm. And you're just like, oh, yeah, it's crazy. Like, like yeah. <laughs> shit's, shit's about to hit the fan in fucking Wakanda and fucking Vulture <laughs> stealing shit in New York. And you got this bloke over here in Russia fucking like, yeah. you know, It's kind yeah. of cool to think of it as this massive world and this massive universe. Yeah. So, yeah, it was cool. That, that was really cool. And I really, really liked the, um, the opening credits. Had a lot of like a James Bond vibe to it. It was cool. You know, with the whole, I like it. was very different. Like, teen spirit. Yeah. It. yeah. It yeah. was awesome. Yeah. I thought it was a really good cover of that song. Credit usually. to that artist. Yeah. I was about to say credit to her. That was really good. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. Like I've heard, I've heard that song being slowed down before and sometimes it doesn't have that impact. But I think just with the, the imagery and, um, just, I don't know, just the way the, the song was delivered, it was, yeah, it was a really, really yeah. great cover and it was really good opening title sequence. Um, Kind of something they don't really do that too. much in in Marvel. Hmm? Yeah, what was that? Have that to have an opening sequence that's also a um not a timeline, a montage explaining a whole story, a whole yeah. life. Is it's cool yeah. to do that? I they haven't done that too much at all. Well, it's like it's 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 something that filmmakers don't necessarily do a lot. The only time yeah. I can really think it off the top of my head is in Seven. Yeah. When in seven they they because the villain's not in the movie a lot, he's only in it for the last like 30 minutes. Um, the Kevin Spacey character. Mm. They build him up in the credits with like like the whole credit montage is him doing shit and like it's from the murderous perspective with like the like really it's it's actually really eerily similar. Like they've got a really, really good song closer by nine inch nails, and then they've got like this really cool like title sequence that's also character building. Yeah. And then kind of similar with that. Yeah. 
definitely. So I, yeah, it was really good. I mean, yeah, I, I really liked the movie. Is it my favorite Marvel movie? No. Did I enjoy it? Yes. Where would I rank it? Probably like it was a it was like twenty three Marvel movies now. So yeah. I probably put it in like like. 15, 14, 13. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it yeah, just cracks not, top 15. Yeah, it's, it's not like the just, best, but it's, it's a good yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. And, but yeah. I guess like that's saying something because this is a, like if this was a standalone film, it's pretty <clears throat> fucking good. So for that to be number 15 yeah, exactly. in the whole MCU thing, it's like, they're great. <laughs> and the post credit scene is interesting too. It kind of, it didn't go in the way that I expected it or perhaps wanted it to go. Yeah, but I I like it. I like it now. Yeah, I, I was yeah. I was thinking about I was thinking about it for a little bit afterwards, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I because I, I haven't we haven't had a Marvel movie in a while, you know. And these post credit yeah. scenes are like things you kind of live for, especially in a movie yeah. that's a prequel or like an origin story, like kind of similar to Captain Marvel, where the whole time in Captain Marvel is like just I'm waiting for the credits. I just want to see what happens to progress to progress the story along. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because we all we all like you're watching Black Widow, and you know that like. She's gonna survive the movie because she's dead already. <laughs> so there's yeah. no real stakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. That's what I was thinking the whole time. It's like whenever something bad's happening, I'm like, who cares? Like she survives. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like, it, it's kind of shit in that way, you know. It's kind of like, like you always want don't leave the room until she's dead. It's like yeah, it's like what we know. <laughs> <laughs> she died on that fucking planet. Jokes um, on you, mate. Like we've already I thought seen. like. Yeah, I thought he was waiting for like the post credit scene, and when it happened, I was like, yeah, it's it's, it's cool, and I think. Um, it'll be, it's interesting to see where they're going to go with Marvel now after that post-credit scene because yeah. all the post-credit scenes before were kind of alluding to like the making of the Avengers and Thanos where now, and I think this is kind of happening in Loki as well, um, with, with a post-credit scene in Black Widow and like Loki, the TV series, like where they're heading it kind of it's it's i feel like they're building this bigger world like yeah there's stuff for the people on earth and there's stuff for the people outside of earth do you know what i mean yeah. like and, yeah. and and it's going to combine it at one stage yeah you know? i think it's really quite interesting That's, to see that- instead of having one big villain they're going to have i think there's like a lot of smaller villains but like even then like i don't yeah it'd be, yeah. i just don't know like where they're going to go yeah but what what, I, what to me where it seems like marvel's heading in the future <laughs> is in a way that's like um, having trouble with my mic here is in a way that like, it almost seems not quite mission impossible esque, but in that kind of spy realm type of thing, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It has a very, the way the the kind of elements you get in the spy film, like mission impossible um, and James Bond, you're kind of getting in Marvel now and it's not so like, superhero perfect people from krypton and you know what i mean it's moving into that kind of real world and the impact that has on the real world now yeah. it's not so well, much i feel like, like they it's because like i feel like up until this point with like all superhero films it's like oh mm-hmm. civilians may get damaged but they're just civilians we care about the superhero now it's like the stake is on the superhero to protect the civilian but it, yeah. i don't know it feels a little more spy film-esque to me and i'm kind of liking that vibe well, I feel like they've got different worlds for different characters, you know, like yeah. obviously the experience of Captain America is going to be completely different to one, to the Guardians of the Galaxy, do you know what I mean? Like it's going to be yeah. completely different, you know, and Thor and them are going to have different experiences and different threats, do you know what I mean, in their world. Yeah. Um. So a story like Winter Soldier and Civil War really suits the characters of Captain America and Black Widow and things like that and things that are happening on Earth are more timely. Yeah. 
Whereas like the things that are happening on Asgard are more akin to problems that Thor's going to have. Like he's going to face real things because because the, the thought of like um like if if, if Thor's in if, if Thor's in civil war he can easily take down you know what I mean like take down what do you call it yeah the, the Daniel Brawl character yeah or if he's in Wakanda he's easily going to kill Killmonger yeah but it's like this it's like the, the the stakes are different for each character yeah so in that and they way they say like, that too yeah. they they even say in the film. I doubt the the god from from outer space will have to you know what I mean? Yeah, What's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the one, but it's something yeah, about um, him just being able to be so powerful you defeat anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, but it, I mean it, it's interesting to see where this movie's gonna head in the future. Yeah. Um well not and like like I think we talked about it last episode or like in the last um podcast we did of like um Florence Pug wanting to do like is gonna be in for like a Black Widow sequel. That that yeah. would be interesting because we've already we because now Natasha's come full circle. We know her life a bit more now, and um, it's a bit more in depth. It's, mm. just, it's interesting to see like a new Black Widow character take the mantle. Yes, and perhaps um, like how she's going to grow in that role, like yeah. how she'll be how she'll be different from Natasha as well. Yeah, um, because they're I very different. She adds characters. a lot of humor. She's hilarious <clears throat> to me. Yeah, she's hilarious. Like the whole, like the whole pocket thing. <laughs> And yeah, the, that was, was funny. The, that was really funny, actually. The pocket. It's yeah. so cool. You can put so much stuff <laughs> in it. You'll never know. <laughs> yeah, no, that was good. <laughs> yeah. That was good. Um, but so yeah, I think all round it's just like a good <clears> film <throat> for, for Marvel, a good film for what they've been trying to do in social issues and social injustices. And I think I really like <laughs> it. And um, yeah, I just like the way Marvel's moving, and I can't seem to fault them. Like it just does. Well, it's another, it's another home run, isn't it? Yeah, and another, that's what they do. But it's is getting it... boring because they keep winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like that's what I was just to say. Like we've just come to expect such a good thing from them that good, like them them being great is like. I don't know. Like it's not quite like, cut it anymore. To, yeah, exactly. Well, them being good doesn't cut it anymore. They got to yeah. be great now. It's you know like, what I mean? like yeah, because it's almost <laughs> like a. To put in like a sport analogy, Floyd Mayweather would just win all of his fights. And by fight 45, like, you know, he's going to win. He wins and everyone's like, oh, it's great. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then like yeah. even in the build up to his fights, you'd have people going, oh, this guy's like a really good fighter. Floyd might be in trouble, but you're always like, no, he's not. Like, well, you, it's just like you wouldn't care anymore because you're like, he's going to win. And it's the same thing with Marvel. They just win. It's like, it's, it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, when you have like a really good player who just has like a breakout season and mm. then like plays really well, like in any sport, you could really uh, like liken this to. And then afterwards, there's, they're still the same, but because you're, you just become so used to them being used so good all the yeah. time that it's not, it's not like them scoring special. 100 and you don't notice it as then, much. Yeah. Yeah. You don't notice it as much. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I liken it to. Like this, it's, they're just so good that you just don't really notice. Yeah. It's like Usain Bolt <laughs> was a big figure when he won the Olympics in 2008 and broke all the world records. And yeah. then London 2012, you're like, yeah, of course he won. He's the fastest person on earth. 2016, of course he won. He's the fastest person. Who cares? <laughs> that yeah. type of thing. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, you don't um, really notice it anymore. Exactly. Um, Which isn't bad. Yeah, like, no, it's no. It's just more interesting to see what's going to happen in their new, in their new, um, in their new, in their new projects. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. but I guess what would you give it out of 10? A seven, I reckon. Seven, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, seven out of ten, seven and a half. It, it's 
closing up to eight, but I wouldn't quite give it an eight just because of the standard I hold Marvel to. Yeah. Not to the yeah. standard I hold cinema to, but the standard I hold Marvel. So <laughs> Is it different, is it? It is. They're on a higher standard because they keep delivering quality. Okay. So, yeah, I, I give it a seven and a half. <laughs> yeah, I give it a seven. Yeah, seven out of ten. Um, sure. And, yeah, I guess because... I think it sits right now on like an 80, 85, 86 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, right. Well, it's deserving. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's a good yeah. score. Um, I don't know. Usually, like an eighty-five is like really good for a movie, you know. And like, yeah, like yeah, it's, it's all right. And we're just like, yeah, it's good. Like, it's good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't I know. expect it less. Yeah. Like, if a Marvel film gets sixty, you're like, oh, I bombed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I guess because the film had such powerful female characters and things, we we put out a question on Instagram and said, let us know <laughs> what your favorite um lead female character movie is. Yeah. And because, you know, it's important, especially talking about this, to, to also bring in other movies that, that bring quality lead female characters and there needs to be more. And I'm sure there will be. Um, yeah, absolutely. But someone power. said, uh, yeah, someone said Alien. And I think that's, oh, an, that's yes. an OG for a female lead film, like a, a strong, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that the movie, like, I haven't read the comments, but I'm pretty sure, like. I shouldn't say someone, like, sorry. Meant to, meant to shout them out. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm a <coughs> so it's I M A J I C A M A N said alien, but yeah, yeah, okay, cool, yeah, OG film. Well, I guess, like, yeah, like I was saying before, like, thank you for that comment, by the way, yeah, um, like I was saying before, I don't think, well, I, like, I haven't, yeah, I haven't read the comments, but I'm pretty sure we're going to get a lot of horror films in this, and horror, the horror genre is notoriously great for having strong female characters or just females as the lead in general, like Halloween, prom night, scream, mm. um, chainsaw massacre to do it to a degree. Um, alien aliens, mm. the whole alien franchise. Yeah. Um, alien get, versus predator. Yeah. Like, they're all really but like that Prometheus. genre, to be honest, did a lot to push <coughs> forward a, a lead female character in a way. Yeah. And to show like a strong female character, even in like a movie scream where yeah. you have a character fight against, something fight against a man mm. in most of the films so i think yeah it's it depends like, which one you're watching yeah that's what i said most <laughs> yeah. but the genre is uh <laughs> that genre really <coughs> forward that female lead um yeah. in movies in big budget films so I, I actually yeah that genre is really powerful for that i i only watched alien and aliens the first time um about what like like earlier this year i think mm. if not late like no earlier this year and I really enjoyed him. I was like, why hadn't I watched this before? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So you like Alien is more of like a horror movie and Aliens is like this, this like space action with horror element in it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just really great movies. And and um, uh, Sigourney Weaver is um, just great, great actress in that movie. She kills it. She absolutely bodies that movie. Yeah. Great. But yeah, thanks for your comment. Really appreciate it. Um, we had Seknia said, so S E K K N I A. What do they say? Said. They said Mad Max Fury Road. I was just thinking that before. That's another one. Like, yeah. Which is funny because Mad Max, the, the, it's a male title. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's uh, Mad Max, but with uh, a female, with uh, a with a male with a female lead. There are there are yeah, Maxes that are girls. Yeah, but in, not in this Maxine. movie. <laughs> Yeah, Mad Maxine. Yeah. <laughs> Mad, Madly Maxine. Maxine like, needs a it, vaccine, yeah? 
Madly Maxine sounds like like a TV show about this girl who is really unlucky in love. Yeah, you know I know. <laughs> Madly Maxine. <laughs> Yeah, I think that one, that one especially is another oh, it's a great movie. Yeah. So good. That's oh, similar to Black Widow in that sense to have a, have a female that's very strong and very. Yeah, exactly. Rude. It's yeah. I mean, Mad Max is just there for the title. Like he, that, mm-hmm. like he's just there to bring in the, to bring in the viewers, but you're really watching it for Furiosa. Yeah, Charlie exactly. Theron's amazing. She's a she's great in those like um like strong um she, female characters, but also strong. showing a lot of vulnerability in it too. Like yeah. in the movie she, Monster, she plays a very strong like she plays strong characters very well. Yeah, but yeah. she also makes them really vulnerable. Yeah, which is like yeah, like because in Monster, the one that she won the Academy Award for, like she plays this kind of like brutish looking woman and like kind of this brute, but. Um, like the first scene is like her crying in the like in the rain, like contemplating suicide essentially. Yeah, and it was just like a really like someone who she's like really tough, really tough exterior, but just has like like she's really she's really good at balancing that. Yeah, it's yeah, like a movie um, that she's in, Gringo, where she plays a very feminine character in the way she dresses and the way she acts, and she uses her femininity against people to manipulate people. Mm-hmm. And she's a very cutthroat, mean character, but it seems like she has no empathy and she'll do anything to just hurt anyone, but then she can also show a lot of vulnerability. And there's a few scenes in there where you see her play the strong, but you see that her being strong is actually a a mask and a facade for her being hurt. And so she does that really well in one scene in that movie. And so, yeah. yeah. Um, Then we had Benji Curry. You're always commenting, mate. You're always winning trivia as well. (laughs) I've done that in a minute. He's our number one fan. <laughs> v for Vendetta. Yeah, yeah great movie. Have yeah. you seen that? Yeah, yeah. I it's good. Absolutely amazing. I yeah. really like that movie a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Natalie Portman. Um, There's a really good character arc that she has in the movie, I feel like. Mm. She goes from this kind of um, like innocent person mm. and then she comes really strong at the end. Yeah. Or she just embraces like what's happening around her as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. She's she's really really great in that movie. Really yeah. liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So thanks, Ben. Really great action movie. Trivia King. Yeah. <laughs> um. Then we've got here's our take podcast. You've commented before, so shout out to you, mate. Um. <laughs> all all one word. Here's our take podcast. Uh. Little Women 2019. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Bunch of female characters. Yeah. You've got um. You know, uh, one that's playing a 13-year-old and, and she dies. She gets sick and dies. Not oh, thanks. Um, Spoiler. She's strong. There's been four <laughs> If you haven't watched a, four movies in a book, you don't know the story, that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> and then Saoirse Ronan dealing with a bunch of um, knocks against her writing and stuff and not quite achieving due to the fact that she's a woman. Who wrote like, the book? Um, oh, man. Oh, Sorry to throw a curveball. <laughs> Something Alcott, maybe? Louisa Mayall? Dylan? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's something I forget, but it's a, it's a good book. Um, but yeah, that for sure, just like one of the first, really, especially as a book, and then the first film is one of the first ever to, to show a bunch of women all Louisa being Louisa May Alcott. Louisa May Alcott, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Um, a bunch of a bunch of strong women 
altogether leading a film and, and driving a story that was definitely one of the first. So that's a good one. Um, yeah, cool. Then we had some underscore dudes underscore reviews. They said uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah. Or Arrival. Correct. I haven't seen Arrival, but three billboards, oh. three billboards is good. Yeah, three billboards is, is great. Francis McDormand just fucking kills it as per usual. Yeah, she's, as per usual, like, she's, she's just a great actress. Like she, her, like her performances are just amazing. Do you know what I mean? Like, look at her in Fargo. Yeah, and she plays this kind of like not dim-witted, but like this kind of I don't know, like innocent but genius cop. And then yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, and then you That's track it to three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, and it's just like she's just complete hard ass. Yeah, and then um, what did she what did she win the Oscar for? Oh, No Madeline. I haven't seen no that Madeline. yet, yeah. but she's playing this like kind of wanderer in it. Yeah, and then like she play this is really a great career. career. She's a comedian. yeah, amazing. Yeah, you forget, and she's also in like Primal Fear. And yeah, like, she's really a small part in that, but like, yeah, she's done all these great movies. Yeah, definitely amazing, great actor. Um, yeah, thanks. For uh, Arrival is a great movie too. Yeah, so, I haven't seen it. I, I highly recommend it. Like right. Why am I? It's made by Denny Villeneuve, the guy who's directing Dune, and he also directed Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Really, really great director. And Sicario. He's, he's a lot of his movies actually have really good. Well, well, like Sicario does have like a great female character in it, mm. and then Arrival does. And then like, yeah, Arrival's is about like this aliens coming to um to to Earth. They invade Earth. Well, not invade, but they're down to it. They're coming to Earth. And they need like a linguist to kind of communicate with them. So Amy Adams plays this linguist, and she's trying to um, with uh, with Jeremy Renner. They're trying to form communication with them. Yeah, it's really great, interesting take on like and great different perspective on the whole alien invasion. Yeah, right. um, premise. Yeah, really, really right. great, really good movie. And then we got a comment from Bushmaster two point one. Uh, oh, he said a lot. He got Kill Bill, Million Dollar Baby. Um, and the Nightingale, yeah, yeah, Nightingale, <laughs> super strong. We, we've touched on that already in this podcast. It was our first uh, movie we reviewed, I think, wasn't it? it? Yeah, if, if yeah, so if you like the Nightingale, go back and watch our very Flashback. first episode available on all podcasting platforms, YouTube, everything. And we reviewed the Nightingale, <laughs> and it's good. Um, but yeah, Nightingale, Million Dollar Baby, Kill Bill as well. Yeah, very strong, yeah, kill, yeah all great movies. Um, yeah, Nightingale is. That's an intense watch. That's a really yeah. hard movie. Yeah. Um, definitely, yeah. One of the hardest movies I've ever watched in my life, for sure. Many, many um, uh, grape scenes. Yeah, there's a lot of, yeah. <laughs> I'm spat up my lozenge. <laughs> I didn't see you put in a lozenge. Yeah. I, 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 my throat <laughs> was like getting a bit like, uh, like stuck. All uh, right. So let's put a lozenge in. Um, uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, great movie. What was the other one? Kill Bill. Uh, Kill yeah. Bill. Amazing. Yeah. And Million Dollar Baby. Yeah, Million Dollar Babies. Yeah. Both Million Dollar Baby and Nightingale, very heartbreaking movies. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but for very different reasons as well. <laughs> like- yeah. And then we got uh, Kate Eelman, which is Kate Allman. Sorry. Kate Allman. <laughs> Eelman. <laughs> Kate K A T E. It just went from saying the most fake name ever to the most real name ever. M A N underscore. And she said Fargo. Yeah, well, we just touched upon it, didn't we? Francis McDormand. Great. Absolutely killing it. Just a great crime movie. 
I love the movie. I love at the beginning of the movie when it says like it's like based on a true story. Mm. It's like it's complete shit. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's great. Like put in this really like false sense of security. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good movie. Scene dot differently. Mm-hmm. It follows. Oh yeah, yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Um, kind of like an allegory. Is that how you say allegory? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or an analogy, uh, to like um allergy. like AIDS and AIDS and things like this, huh? Allergy, analogy is what I said. Oh, oh right. I have the thing yeah. in my mouth, so it might sound yeah. different. But um, yeah, kind of like um an analogy to like AIDS and like STDs and things like that. Mm. <laughs> like, and like um, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a good horror movie. It's it's creepy, very creepy. Yeah. Then mm. we had a uh, dribble underscore n underscore swish. I know you, Cooper. You're a, you're a long-time listener. I've probably listened since day one, so thank you. And he said, Black Swan, three billboards outside Abbey, Missouri. But, but oh. yeah, we've already talked about three billboards, yeah. but Black Swan, good film. Yeah, intense, very intense. Yeah, um, yeah it's like it's, it's definitely not an easy watch. Um, it's very similar to Darren Aronofsky's other movie, Wrestler. Like the endings are very similar. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like the end, they take the character to a place in the ending, but leave it massively ambiguous, mm. which I really love. I love when movies don't give you this like rounded end. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's up to you to decide the character's fate. Yeah, yeah, you know? for sure. I do like that. I really yeah. like that. Yeah. Then we had uh, Alexander J underscore bird, um, Jennifer's body, monster. Mm-hmm. The Brave One, Silence of the Lambs, and Scream. Uh, you want to chuck them all out there. But yeah, it's just uh, all the movies, isn't it? <laughs> uh, uh, out of this list, I'm going to say, because we talked about Scream already, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. That's a good one. Great. Oh. Yeah, great movie. Hello, Clarice. It's good to see you again. <laughs> and he's like, I love that movie. He's like, I, I want a room with a view. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's like, I want a room with a view. You know what you look like to me? You look like a room. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a creepy monologue that. Tell me what Mig said to you when you passed him. <laughs> that was fucked up. I, I, I never knew. I, I never knew. Bit, I never knew in that movie, <laughs> like that scene, that when he like, when she walked past, he like spoofs on her. I never oh, knew that's what happened yeah. until like, like a few years back. And because when I first watched it, I was, a lot younger. Yeah. And then I watched it again. I was like, holy fuck. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I never noticed that. It's yeah, fucked I actually, up. I performed that monologue. I tell you what's really good though. Like um, just going off Stance of Lambs, everyone needs to watch Hannibal, the TV show. Bro, oh, I haven't seen it. One of the best TV shows ever seen. It's amazing. Best. It's definitely the best um, crime uh, show I've ever watched, like to do with like, m- like, yeah, like, yeah, murders. Like, the, it's kind of a, a little bit like NCIS in a way, but just a whole lot better. Like, yeah. <laughs> like no, no stupid humor and yeah. just like really, really dark. And Mads Mikkelsen's really good as Hannibal. Yeah. Who's the best Hannibal? Yeah. Um, next, we've got Movie Magia. So, Movie, then M A D D I A, the girl with the dragon tattoo or Annihilation. Girl with the dragon tattoo is good. Mm, yeah. Um, I, I guess it depends which one you like. I haven't seen that in a long about. time, but it's good. Yeah. I mean, like, is he talking about the Swedish one or is he talking about the American one? But I assume he's talking about the American one, yeah. but that's just me also being a bit probably naive as well. Maybe he's talking about the Swedish one. Maybe but, um, Swedish. 
I mean, both, yeah, both really good, both really good movies. Um, Rooney Mara, it's a star-making performance from her. She's great in it. It's mm. kind of a shame they never made a sequel to that, though. You know, I always thought, like, um, they should make a sequel to the, yeah, David Fincher should always go back and make a sequel to um, mm. to the movie with, with Daniel Craig and Rooney Mara because yeah. they had really good chemistry and it was a really, I love that movie. It's really, yeah, really good. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um. Yeah, actually, anyone who done who's done that movie, like Numi Rapace or Rapace, or I can't remember how to pronounce her last name, but you know, she, that made her career, and then she was in like Prometheus and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So it's definitely a meaty role, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Annihilation, I haven't seen. I always you wanted to watch it, but I never saw it. Yeah, so yeah, we should watch it. But there's a few um, Natalie Portman movies that got raised there. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> true actually. But yeah, thanks for everyone that commented and and sent through a um. A pick of a film for us to talk about. We really appreciate mm-hmm. it. Really appreciate all the support and and the growing followers that we have, and you guys all chipping in and helping us, giving us films to talk about, and we get to shout you guys out as well. So it's a win win. Um, but yeah, we want to keep that up because that, that's fun when you get movies that they chip in, and then we can do quick short fire reviews and talk about it, and also make it tie in with an overall topic of a social or political issue or whatever we're talking about on the yeah just episode. So yeah, thank you guys <clears throat> for all helping out. And, yeah, um, I guess that concludes our episode for today. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. Did you enjoy this one? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> my voice kind of almost gave out midway through because I didn't have any water with me. Sorry. Um, no, it's just yeah, I just didn't have any water, so I was like, shit. And then I had to put the lozenge in my mouth just to keep it like lubricated. Yeah. But <laughs> but um. Yeah, no, it was a good episode. I mean, yeah. um, a lot of those really strong female movies, you know. Yeah. So it, yeah. You, you can often forget you that how how good like an a like a female led movie is or like what female led movies there are. And it's different. Like Mad Max. You would never yeah. thought that was a female led movie, but really yeah. when you watch it, it is. Like yeah. she's the she's the main character. Yeah. And Max it's, is it's just really, there to help her. Yeah, exactly. And it's really important to see that on screen, especially for for girls. The same thing Black Panther was for for a lot of um, African people and black cultural across the world to have this superhero very much tied to, to African culture. It's, it's cool mm. to also have that women uh, superhero and the, and the powerful women on screen and stuff. So yeah, it was really cool. Um, yeah. And I think it was also important for us to talk about it because I've seen, uh, this isn't to throw shade or anything, but like mm. I've seen, um, you know, certain news outlets and podcasts and things that are <laughs> done by men where they talk about Black Widow and it's just about Marvel and superheroes and movies it's they're not talking about the importance of what the film represents and what marvel would like people to take from it and, and especially the women in that film so yeah i think it's important for us to talk about it but yeah shots fired <laughs> motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're the best podcast in the world <laughs> you know what i hate actually just going off that is when people are like we're the number one podcast and yeah. i see that all the time I'm like no, I you're ha- not the- why are you lying <laughs> like when people start a podcast they're like welcome back to say like whatever the podcast name welcome back to the flickers podcast the number one podcast in the world it's like yeah it's not like, but you're not and also <laughs> podcasting isn't a competition the more the merrier. I'm under no illusions, like as to where our, our podcast is. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I feel like if you keep, if you think that your podcast is the best in the world, your podcast isn't going to level up. Well, you can think there's a difference between thinking it and then promoting it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we, I, I think what we do is actually pretty good. But like, yeah. do I think like we're the best or do I know that we're the best? Obviously, obviously, not, we're not number one. Do you know what I mean? Getting yeah, we're not paid big bucks. 
for for their podcast and they do like five different podcasts. They they know what they're doing. They've been doing it for like 10 years. We're not yeah. there yet. We've been doing it. Yeah, one but it's year. Just, people try to create their own hype and it's just like I know. people see that's how you that's how you don't create your own hype. Is yeah, you that's how you lose man, like, <laughs> when, yeah, lose hype. <laughs> when did it get important to be known for being a dickhead rather than be known for being good? You know what I mean? It's like people yeah, well, would rather be known for being a a loser or a dickhead or an arrogant prick than not known at all. I would much rather be not known than be known for being shit. Like that's we're getting into a massive uh, wormhole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we could, we're meant we could to wrap really up the just... podcast, but yeah, got to <laughs> go into the topic for a while. Conor yeah, McGregor exactly. fight to watch. And who are you picking? McGregor. Oh, really? Very. That's rare. Most people are saying Poirier because he won the last fight, but I think yeah. McGregor. He's made some adjustments, and I think he overlooked him last time. And this one, don't be surprised if it's over in eighty seconds. That's all I'm saying. How, how many rounds is it? Five. And how long are the rounds? Five minutes. Five minute rounds? Pretty long, right? That's why they don't last for that, eh? No. Nah. That's why they never go. For yeah. That's, that's why I'm always like the fight would last for like two minutes. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's like, it's not like a, like, or like they last for like four minutes or something. Like mm. it's, it, yeah, it doesn't feel like. But yeah. the, the reason. But really, if you break it down, boxing's only like half an hour, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also like in boxing, you can only hurt them with your hands, right? So it makes sense that a fight can go six, seven, eight, nine, even the whole 12 because they can only use their fists. So if they're shelling up and playing good defense, then like you can't do anything about that. Mm. Whereas in UFC, you can hurt someone with your knee, with your elbow, yeah, open. with your hands, yeah. with your shoulder, with your foot. Like there was a thing of Conor McGregor in two fights ago, he had a guy and he was just like, he had him like on his shoulder and he was just like shaking his shoulder into his head and he broke his nose like that. And it's like crazy. But yeah, I guess we shouldn't talk about that. That's the end of the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, We're just riffing now. Uh, Instagram at Flickers Podcast and follow us on YouTube at The Flickers. So yeah, thank you guys. And see you, John. See you, listener.